0: Oh, welcome to Passing Lanes Show. I'm Brian, and I'm Eric. And I really have no idea what episode this is. I should have looked beforehand. It's been far too long, man.
1: I think we've taken more weeks off than <laughs> we've had episodes recorded. So it's...
0: <laughs> There's we a good might chance be at like 27 or something. When I looked at uh when I looked at the uh the chat log for the last time that we uh we did this, it was September 23rd, 2016. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, a little bit. Just a couple things have happened since then. I would say in the, la- in the last five and a half months. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think uh, I think Tom Brady and the Patriots won like their 100th Super Bowl or something ridiculous. And
1: yeah, I think he has a ring for every digit on his <laughs> on his extremities. So,
0: <laughs> and uh, you know, I was almost in need of a new television after I watched uh, the Falcons. <laughs> blow. man, that let me tell you what that was like the prime example of. Uh, of sports fan of obviously i'm not like a huge falcons fan i'm more a, a patriots hater but it's like a, a tale of two halves for sure where you're so excited and and amped and you're like oh this is awesome and then by the midway through the fourth you're looking at it and you realize it's done there's it, nothing it was
1: a it was a crumble of epic of epic proportions it was I just could not believe the domination that was happening in the first half by the Falcons. And then it's like a different team got off the bench and just didn't know what they were doing. I just couldn't believe it. I know. I know. And how much of that, though, how much of that is, is as much as it probably pains you to say, how much of that is Bray's greatness or Belichick's greatness? <laughs> Let's see if you can say it,
0: huh? I Listen, <laughs> I got to give him credit, man. I there, I really don't think there's another team that could have done that based on what we've seen over the last you know five to ten years maybe I mean if you if you look individually each season and each team but as a franchise looking back at their consistency to, to do stuff like that there's no other team that you could say in that same exact spot with those same odds, same score same everything that would you put feel comfortable putting money on just the chance not that it's gonna happen but that it could happen. New England's the only one, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you definitely have fan. to give them, begrudgingly, I begrudgingly give them <laughs> give them a lot of credit for it, for sure. The thing for me is that Dan Quinn, who I'm a huge fan of because he was at Florida, he's like a yeah. defensive dude. And I'm like, your defense yeah. is getting smoked, man. Yeah. What are you doing? It's like he had no
1: answer for anything
0: that New England was doing. At yeah. The end. And I feel and- bad for Matt Ryan because that's like, sort of his, the, the thing that kind of follows him around is that he just can't quite get yep. over the hump and win the big game, you know, or he'll th- throw kind of a an ill-timed pick and something will happen. And this one really wasn't his fault. I mean, he did have that fumble that kind of started the tide going back to New England. But, I mean, he put up the points in the first half. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, oh, he yeah. did his work,
1: so. I agree. And see, it was one of those things I think you were with the rest of the country for the most part in wanting to see the Patriots lose, not so much the Falcons win. That would just be a byproduct. But, you know, when you watch, I, I wanted guys on both teams to win. You know, I was just a fan of the game, I guess. And I wanted to see Matt Ryan win, Julio Jones, and, you know, guys like that. Dan Quinn's not a good guy. But there's no denying that the Patriots do a lot with a, with relatively little, you know? right james james white like blew up like who was he you know and for the rest of the season he wasn't really anybody and he comes into the super bowl and and you know outside of brady being otherworldly he would have been the mvp and i think that's why that's what's so astonishing to me is that they do so much with so little compared to other teams you know because who has brady had to throw to outside of moss one year
0: right yeah you know
1: yeah b-listers really
0: and I, I do, you know, I think if it was uh, if it was any other team, obviously being a, a Dolphins fan, you know, if it's like the Jets or the Patriots yeah. or the Bills, you know, I'm like, oh, damn it, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, if it was in like the NFC North or something instead or out, out in the NFC. But, you know, looking at it from a fan's perspective, think about if you were a Patriots fan back in the 80s, you know, to Painful. go through how bad they were for so long. Yeah to where they are now. I mean, as a fan, you can't help but look at those fans and say, "Man, that's awesome." You know, like hopefully one day my team can be there and I can experience a run like like you guys have been able to. So from that point of view, and you're right, they're not spending, you know, to the cap every single year. You know, they're doing yeah. it smartly, kind of the way a lot of teams probably should be doing it and wish they were. Yeah. So yeah. it there there are definitely some lessons to be to be learned from it. Um, you know, putting aside the fact that Damn it, Brady and his hugs <laughs> and Mary Did Giselle and God, ah, Belichick and the hoodie and oh. Think of what
1: think of what Brady could do with someone like Julio Jones on his side or or the combination of you know Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Like if he had a legit running game or if he had a beast receiver, like he did the the Super Bowl was without Gronkowski. I know, right? How it's crazy like, is that? That guy wasn't, he's not even needed, really, you know. He's just a distraction with injuries, it seems like.
0: You know, and so, I've thought about that, too. I, I definitely think with the, the running game part of it, I agree with you. The receiver thing, though, I, I have kind of gone back and forth on that because I think, to some degree, having the guys that he has that aren't prima donnas, that yeah. just listen to him and they trust him and they feel like he knows better than I do, to some degree... Yeah. really helps him out, you know. And not to say that Julio Jones is, is a prima donna, but I mean that's that's the way people look at receivers to some degree <laughs> in yeah. the NFL to where they're like, I'm gonna run my routes, you throw me the ball and I'll just break tackles and score a touchdown, you know? So yep. I think it would have to be the right the right receiver for him to uh, to really take advantage of. But I mean, he's Brady. He could get the best out of any anybody, I think.
1: Well and he did that with Randy Moss in all seven who many would consider maybe the biggest prima donna outside right. of T.O., and they put up crazy numbers in 2007, and went undefeated until that bastard Eli and uh, David Tyree <laughs> made that catch of a lifetime, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I saw firsthand with Wes Welker. I mean, he did pretty well in Miami, you know, but they, they obviously didn't feel like he was viable enough to keep around. So they let him go, and here he goes to New England, and he's just like, racking up a hundred catches and going crazy. And then he goes to Denver and he's hurt and stuff. So he doesn't really get to replicate that success. But you know, it's like you look at Walker in new England and as a Dolphins fan, you're thinking, well, why did they let that guy go? You know, look look what he could have done for us, but it's Brady and Belichick. They know how to maximize everybody's efforts. And they're like, you do this. Well, you do that. Well, we're just going to have you do that. We're not going to ask you to do other stuff. Yeah. So, Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was was an interesting game though. It was fun to watch. It was at least
0: it was entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of the playoff games were pretty garbage.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's lots of scoring, so that was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, there you go. That's a good recap of the NFL season. We don't need (laughs) to have a podcast every week, man. We just show up a couple months, you know, tell everybody what's been going on. Maybe there's somebody that has no idea. They didn't even watch the Super Bowl. They don't know who won. Now they listen to this six months later or whatever. Like, thanks, guys.
1: It's very possible, <laughs> but so now here we are. Free agency is about to start. Can you believe Horia's, the combine is I guess, on? I know a combine started today, right?
0: It's ridiculous.
1: And there's already guys in underwear running really fast <laughs> times and jumping long distances, and that's they what just they keep do. Getting in, faster. That's what they do in downtown Indy every every spring. There's a bunch of guys in underwear. Uh,
0: that's right. Yep, just running around.
1: <laughs> but we and were looking your, over uh, the,
0: what's his name, Rich Eisen, out there in your suit. In your
1: suit. <laughs> What is his time? What's his time gonna be, do you think?
0: Oh, he's listen, he's on the wrong side of Father Time for that event. It's uh so I don't remember what he what he ran last year, but I don't see him getting any faster.
1: I I would have to agree with you, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's been uh been a lot of releases, right? Not too many yeah, so- signings quite yet.
1: Yeah, not a lot of signings, but there's, you know, out of the NFL.com's top 101 free agents, there's a lot of names who historically have been big names that are finding their way on the unrestricted free agent list. Um, And uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go and, and who gets who.
0: Does it make you feel old when you see some of these names on here and you realize they're at the end of their career, probably?
1: Yeah, you watch them come <laughs> into the draft and you're like, wow, these guys gonna right. be good. Now here they are at the tail end, looking for their suns. You know their their sunset deal, I guess. Yep. Know, the,
0: exactly. Was, I know. There's like guys done. that I watched play in college, and and now they're on like their third or fourth contract, and I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Yes, absolutely. It
0: makes me feel way old.
1: You know, so NFL.com has the top five listed as Alshon Jeffrey, Kelly Campbell, uh, Brandon Williams, Dante Hightower, and AJ. There's a bouillet, I think, yeah, the cornerback out of from the Texans.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I know there's just tons of cornerbacks, ton, tons of defensive backs in general. Um, one of my favorite players of all time, Adrian Peterson, is ranked number eight. He, the Vikings, uh, did not opt to sign to pick up his his final year at eighteen million dollars. So. Um, we'll see where he ends up. I don't think he'll ever play again for the Vikings, but you never know. But Man, definitely, I hope not... he does
0: well. I want to see him. I want to see him close out his career on a team that's competitive, and he's racking up some yards and showing flashes of the old uh, old AP.
1: Yeah, but the issue is, you know, in the last three years, he's only played twenty games. Right. So that that's kind of to his benefit in some ways and that he's going to have fresh legs really. Um, And he always, you know, his entire career, he, he plays like he's got something to prove. And I don't know if he ever, you know, has really needed to prove anything.
0: Right. When you come out
1: your rookie year and you just have the single game rushing record and you do all the things that he did, Um, you know, and and last year he averaged 1.9 yards per carry. So, you know, he was the, he was the rushing leader in 2015. Then last year he comes out and, and lays an egg um after getting injured as well um so i don't know you know and he's i don't know it's it's it'll be interesting to see where he goes there's been so much talk about where he'll go you know houston versus where he lives where he's from right uh dallas but they have no need for him with zeke you know i don't know why he'd want to go to places like tampa bay
0: right giants that was one of the ones you and i talked about
1: yeah i, I don't know why he'd want to go there either you know but then again there are a few teams who I think really are legitimately able to compete and they probably don't need his services. So,
0: right. Yeah. And
1: he's not the kind of guy who's going to be cool with being the number two guy. He's proven that he wants the he wants to carry the ball 30 times a game, whether it's necessary or not. And
0: right. Yeah. So yeah. then does it look like Minnesota is going to try to, uh, try to draft a running back to replace him? What do you think they're going to do? Man, from, I don't from know. That position.
1: They don't have any picks in the first round, so okay. yeah. that's going to be tough for them. And I know Rick Spielman, the GM, is always wheeling and dealing, and he always finds his way into the first round. So I'm not sure what he'll do this year to make that happen, or if he will, but um, they need they need offensive line help so bad.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So I'm not sure how that will how that'll unfold, but I'd like to see them move in. I want to see them make a move. I'd love to see them get into the first round and, and fill a position of need. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, they gotta protect their QBs, man.
1: I know. That's, well, that's uh, what's crazy is that Bradford set the NFL single season record with for completion percentage last year. Right behind, behind I know. The most, right, <laughs> the most bandaged NFL offensive line like in history.
0: <laughs> Which is crazy because you know, I remember in the summer we were talking about it, and they had spent all this money, and it looked like yeah. offensive line was gonna be pretty solid for them.
1: Yeah, injuries and. Yeah. Yeah, the Vikings had a pretty bad. You think they started the season on fire? You know, went five and zero and finished eight and eight.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But they had some terrible things happen that we were not. You know, we were, we didn't cover because we were on our break. But you know, when you think about Teddy Bridgewater's knee exploded, um, Matt Khalil, left tackle, went out with an injury. What was it after like week four? Offensive coordinator Norv Turner suddenly quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, how do you overcome that? Right. And and head coach Mike Zimmer had to – he missed a game and had to have like three eye surgeries after a laminated play card blew up and scratched his eyeball during a practice one game.
0: Yeah, it was like so so, like, so much just weird stuff. Yeah. Just freaky just, weird stuff happened to him.
1: One thing after another. So they, they're like – you know, they start out – they made their way to the top of the power rankings from all these different, you know, new sites, and then they they fell drastically after that, which is sad.
0: It's because they were building that bird-killing stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll be able to be on display this next year in the Super Bowl because that's where it's going to be. It's going to be here in Minneapolis. so It'd be great if the home team could be the home team in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, Minneapolis in January. It'd be nice, uh, nice outside. Right? <laughs> no no, uh, no cold, nothing. That's good. Maybe you can go down that's there and you can shovel the parking lot for them.
1: I. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. You
0: <laughs> we can shove all those dead birds out of there.
1: <laughs> so, what about what about the dolphins?
0: Oh, have they cut Tannehill yet? I haven't. I haven't looked at the uh, at the free agency tracker. No, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty much the same thing that they've been talking about for years and years and years. I feel like the same same kind of positions of need. So, corner and pass rusher and offensive line. And, uh, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, Miami's offensive line has been kind of up and down. They had a <clears throat> a couple years where it was pretty solid, and then a couple years where guys got hurt and left during free agency and draft picks and free agents didn't pan out. And uh, so I know they're, they've been looking at um, Zeitler from Cincinnati, the guard from Cincinnati. Um, some people said that they've been looking at Jason uh, Pierre-Paul, to replace Mario Williams, who they cut. So, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, we could see if he's still got it. I don't know if he's going to be as dominant as he was before uh, his fireworks mishap. Um, Brandon Williams, who played for the Ravens at at a defensive tackle, that's another rumored candidate that they're pursuing. So, I mean, we'll see. Those Those are all good names, and... I read a story today where um, the GM and uh, and the coach Adam Gase they were talking about they don't want to be some of the uh, the big spenders in free agency like they have been you know when they signed uh, a Su to like some ridiculous <laughs> contract. Um, so maybe they'll follow the uh, the New England methodology of scouting and picking up guys through uh, through the draft and then you know trying to get maybe second tier or, or lower first tier free agents without having to to break the bank to get there. So, you know, I mean, it's... They're kind of in a perpetual rebuilding state, I feel <laughs> like. You know, it's kind of been that way for a couple of years now.
1: Like so many teams, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. You go... You got a guy like Don Shula, who's head coach for so long, you know, and, and pair him with a QB like Marino, and when the the follow-up act to that kind of doesn't pan out. I mean, they had Tony Sperano and, and he did alright, you know, and they had Chad Pennington who did okay for them at, at QB here and there, but you know, it's just hard to follow up that that really long-term act where you have success for a number of years and uh, and then you're kind of perpetually ch- chasing that and it's just, it's hard. It's hard to get to get back to that mountain, especially in a, in a league like the NFL where you know, there's a lot of money and kind of Limited resources to some degree, you know. You don't have superstars at every position, so you know either either you have to hit on every draft pick and every free agent, or you really have to invest the time and the manpower into something like the Patriots do, and Mm -hmm. scout and scheme to fit fit what you have, you know. And and if you're stuck in the middle, like you said, a lot of teams are, um, you know, are going to finish eight and eight (laughs) a lot of times. You know, and it's really there's really not it's kind of a tenuous grip between eight and eight and ten and six or six and ten. You know, I mean, it's the the margin for error to end on either either of those two sides is pretty, pretty narrow. So, yeah, I mean, Miami did kind of surprise me last year. They actually looked pretty, pretty good before um, Tannehill got hurt. I know that the back half of their season was pretty easy. The schedule was pretty easy and they were winning the games that they, they probably should have been winning. So, I mean, but it was nice to, to see him finish, and, and even up until the last week or two, you know, they were still in that wild card hunt. So, yep, I mean, it was it's better than it has been for the, the previous few years, so hopefully they have it headed in the right direction. We'll see. I mean, they got a guy like Jarvis Landry who's going into his last year on his current contract. So, you know, I mean, that's like another Wilker kind of deal. I mean, he's racked up the most catches in his first three years in the league <clears throat> out of, out of these guys that are there now. And, uh, I mean, he's shown that, that he can do things with the ball. He kind of, he kind of needs a, a QB out there to help him. I don't know if Tannehill is going to be that guy or not. I guess, you know, they're, they'll still see. I know Matt Moore isn't going to be the, yeah, the, not. uh, the answer there. So, but I mean, they had a, a couple of nice surprises um i am a dejo at um running back you know he had a couple 200 yard games which is pretty awesome so i mean he's shown that he can he can be a workhorse for them so yeah we'll see we'll see what they do in the draft and free agency they honestly and it's weird to say because they had a good defense for so long they really have to shore up their defense i mean it's it's gotten old and uh, a lot of guys have left from free agency and the guys they brought in have a panned out so I mean, they definitely need help at corner and at pass rush for sure. Um, linebacker would be a pretty good, too, if they could shore that up a little bit. So, yeah.
1: Lots of stuff, to, a lot of holes to fill.
0: Definitely. That's right. At least, you know, I don't have huge expectations. It's kind of nice. So I'm kind of like, well, they finished the season all right. I don't really have any plans to see them in Minneapolis in January. <laughs> Unless they're in a halftime show, maybe. I don't know and <laughs> so so if they made it to the playoffs i'd be uh i'd be pleasantly surprised to say the least so <laughs> that's funny yeah
1: but yeah so we mentioned lots of big names though there's wide receivers available lots of running backs available in free agency
0: um lots of corners huh
1: yeah absolutely and and, and and people who have, you know, previously had big names, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Dontari Poe and Terrell Pryor, Adrian Peterson, like we mentioned, Alshon Jeffrey, like, you know, he's still absolutely a touchdown threat in the red right. zone. Yeah. I, Martellus Bennett from the Super Bowl, pa- you know, winning Patriots, and all, Pierre Garçon and all kinds of big names out there. So some teams are going to, you know, definitely get uh, – some good players added to their teams who I think will have a a solid chance of helping out for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, so I'm looking at that same list that you are on NFL.com and, uh, and it, it's for me, I kind of like looking at the list to see where guys that did well, you know, last year, the year before, you know, or maybe they were in the last year of, of their deal, so they kind of turned it on, you know. I mean, that's kind of the yeah. the way it seems to go. So a guy like Kenny Britt, right, he, he did okay in Tennessee. He really didn't have a QB there to help him out so much. He goes to the Rams. Um, he he puts up over a 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, you know, where is he going to go? And if he goes to a team that has a good QB, you know, was that kind of just a flash flash in the pan kind of deal? Or is he uh, going to be able to put together another solid season? You know, stuff like that is always really intriguing. Like Terrell Pryor, I mean, you know, he had never never played wide receiver to that degree where he was an every down receiver, and uh, I mean, he looked really good in a lot of his games. But if he goes somewhere else, is he still going to be able to to put up the numbers and the stats that he had in uh, in Cleveland? So it's it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys end up. Just to see if they can continue stringing together the uh the success that they've had in their current location,
1: absolutely, and there are guys that are you know just like Brandon Marshall, for example, when he was with the Bears, he did really well, and I think he did well in his first season with the Jets, too didn't he? yeah, but so then his last year, I don't know you know' did how good beneficial in Miami to too, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that too, so it's weird that a lot of these guys are have have been let um you know. To fall to the unrestricted free agent uh, designation, but obviously there's you can't keep everybody on every team, so things these things happen. But um, it's going to be interesting. This is just getting underway, so we'll see. Because when can the team start signing? Isn't it? Um, is it what is it? March 9th? When does free agency? When can signings begin? Of, or is it already happening? Am I stupid? Maybe.
0: Well, let's see. Yeah, because the Chiefs signed Spiller, right? So, free agency must have already happened um, as far as, like, the, the open season on signing. But it's weird that, like, a lot of guys haven't signed yet, because you're right. Normally, there's, like, a big flurry as soon as it opens, and guys are changing teams left and right. And that really hasn't happened yet.
1: Well, March so March 7th and 9th is... Um is when the window opens for teams to start contract talks with, with uh, UFAs. Okay. That's informally known as the legal tampering period. And then after 4 PM on March 9th is when the new league year officially begins. Okay. So that is when, you know, the first few hours of free agency are the ones that are often pretty hectic with players signing left and right. So right. yeah, so I was right. So March 9th is when we'll see all that, you know, the dominoes start to fall.
0: Gotcha. So what happened with C.J. Spiller then? He wasn't a restricted free agent, was he? And then the Chiefs offered him, and they didn't match.
1: Well, so if he's restricted, then that's different. Yeah, if he's unrestricted, that's March ninth.
0: I'm trying to think about how that how that all played out, because I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how, because that was a while ago that that happened. It was like a week or two ago, I think. This is great audio for everybody. They're like, yeah, they're... what happened? Their equipment just shut off. I don't know. In any case, the Chiefs have CJ Spiller, so there you go. That's old news. If you're if you're listening to us for breaking news on CJ uh, well, Spiller, I'm sorry well to here's you down. Here's
1: the issue with CJ Spiller: he was released by the Jets in December and never signed with another team.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So because of that, he's able to be signed um, gotcha. ahead of time. All right. So that's why.
0: There you go. That answers all of the uh, all of our questions <laughs> that we have.
1: So another big, another big sport that we like to follow is the UFC, and uh, yeah, a lot, a lot has happened since we last did a recorded a, a podcast a podcast episode. But
0: they probably had a hundred events.
1: They, yeah, exactly. All over the world, <laughs> they probably even had one in Chernobyl. You know, like, <laughs> they'll end up like in random. It was like, why are you there? Like, That's are there why. Five, are they
0: contracting with SpaceX to have one on the moon or something, right? <laughs>
1: I'd love to, yeah, that'd be awesome. Listen grappling on the moon with no gravity, right? There you
0: go. Perfect. Put but, the suit on. Go up there. <laughs> but
1: this weekend it's UFC two oh nine that takes place on Saturday the fourth or yeah, the fourth of March in Las Vegas at T Mobile Arena. And it's the rematch um of Tyron uh, you know, welterweights, Tyron Woodley and Steven Wonderboy Thompson. And it's gonna be a fun fight, I think. Their first one, which uh if you don't know, it took place at UFC 205 on, in November. It, uh, it was the first event in New York at Madison Square Garden.
0: And they screwed it up. Yeah, <laughs> they did.
1: It was Kinda. weird. Not it the event necessarily, deal. but but the uh, yeah, the way the the fight ended the main the main event. It was a, a a majority draw, and it was announced that Woodley had, well that that it was a draw. It was just announced that it was a draw, right. Yes. So they call out the card you know the the, the it was 47 47 47 47 and 48 47 and so it ended up having to be reannounced as a as a majority draw which gave the win to woodley cuz that one card was in his favor by one point
0: right yeah
1: so this is number 2 their second go at it and it's going to be it should be interesting Who do you who do you have Who do you think what do you what are your takes on it
0: uh you know Admittedly, I did not watch the first fight live, so I had only seen the highlights and read some of the commentary. Uh I on paper and just from watching the highlights and stuff, I would probably back Wonderboy. Uh just mostly based on his size advantage. Um and I think I think going into that first fight, I felt like Woodley um Woodley would be able to to Separate himself from uh, from Thompson a little bit. And, and really, I, I would have picked Woodley kind of as a heavy favorite in that first fight. So the way that that ended and uh, and to see how close Wonderboy was in that one, uh, I, I kind of would, would uh, side with him going into the second fight. Because I, I felt like I kind of didn't know how he was going to come out against Woodley. And, and I, I felt for a while that Woodley was just a beast. And, uh, you know, they, they had been talking about GSP fighting him and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> like He's he's strong and, and uh, he's he's a pretty powerful dude. And uh, but for Thompson to put on the show that he did in that fight, I, I think I'm I'm honestly going to pick him for this one. How about you? Because I, I, you saw that fight. So kind of what's your gut telling you for this one?
1: Yeah, see, I felt this. I feel the same way, honestly. I thought the fight last time was really good, you know. And apparently, it's it's up for a 2016 fight of the year. It's a candidate for that. Um, so that was that was a big deal. That fight was the co-main event at, like we mentioned at MSG, and the main was, you know, McGregor uh, become, you know, he won and became the, you know, what is it, the second uh, two fight or two two division champion. But anyway, so the, I, I misspoke earlier. It wasn't uh, um, awarded as a draw initially. It was awarded as a split decision victory for Woodley, which was then officially ruled a majority draw, leaving everybody okay. confused because yeah. no one knows what a majority draw means.
0: Right. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that fight was it was a great fight. You know, Woodley's five nine. Uh, Wonder Boy is is uh, six feet tall. To me, he looks like he's six five when he's out there. He just yeah. Yep you don't think that Woodley is as short as, as he is. He's built like a, um, an action figure. And, uh, the, the length of, of, of wonder boy versus the strength and power of Woodley. It's an interesting combination because you feel like Woodley at times was scared to come in on Thompson for fear of catching one of his crazy leg kicks that he is so talented at throwing. Right. But Woodley, Woodley comes with such power and brute force. It's like, any time that he manages to throw a kick or a punch, you don't know what's going to happen on the other end of that. So, it's um it's fun to watch for sure. And I think that Wonder Boy did really well this last time, and I feel like he has, you know, he has a solid shot at taking this, the title of the belt from, from Woodley. But I I'm good with either of them winning. I think they're both, you know, I like I like both guys, and I think they're both very talented. So it'll be fun to watch either way. However it goes
0: yeah so steven thompson let's see so his reach is 75 inches so what's woodley's because i feel like woodley he's he like compared to thompson at least his reach is like way less but i'm always surprised when i look and they're within like an inch i'm like oh still, it doesn't seem like that could be yeah so 75 versus 74 see that's <laughs> yeah, weird but I, I, you're right. I don't know. I just feel like when I see pictures or I, I watch those highlights, it just feels like Thompson, he he can cover that range so quickly maybe. And, and I just feel like Woodley has a hard time getting inside there. But, you know, Woodley's the, the champ for a reason. Um, you know, like I said, leading up to that fight, I thought he was probably the most dangerous welterweight. And uh, and I figured he was going to kind of rule at the top for a while so to uh to see wonderboy put on the show that he did and and really challenge him it'll be good to see uh to see him again and uh you know they're going to have to make up for kabib not making it so we're not going to see him fight ferguson which was actually the fight i wanted to see the co-main event
1: absolutely Ugh. undefeated undefeated miragmeta versus uh El Kikui, right? And that's his yeah,
0: nine-win fight streak. I mean, these guys were talking mad trash. They've tried to fight twice before, um, and it hasn't happened. And so it's like, you know, and, and here's kind of on a tangent of that. I I feel like for to be a UFC fan is kind of one of, like, the most disheartening things in the world at times because it's not like the Super Bowl is going to get canceled the day before it's supposed to happen, Right. So, if you're a fan of either one of these two fighters, the deal gets made and you have like a month, two months, three months, whatever, you know, some fights are made far in advance and you're just like, all right, you're pumped, You're, you're ready to go, you're looking forward to having your friends over and buying the fight, eating some food, you're planning your whole weekend and then here you are, you know, we were, it was announced, what, maybe at like noon Eastern, something like that, you know, I mean, 36 hours maybe before the fight's supposed to happen. And it's like, nope, not going to happen. And it's, yeah. There's no other sport that's like that.
1: It is, it is kind of a kick in the face, isn't it, when that happens? It's like, it come is, on. Man. And the thing about I don't understand how that all works because the likelihood of filling that spot is slim to none. Right. So everyone who is going to pony up the cast or buy it, you know, on pay per view is really getting quite a bit less for the same amount of money spent, right? Because right. that's a huge fight everyone wants to see. Yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see that fight take place because I think both guys are supremely talented. You know, obviously, I feel like Nurmagomedov is is amazing on the ground, and and Ferguson likes to, you know, fight everywhere really. But when you got a guy who trains against bears, uh, <laughs> in uh, Nurmagomedov, it's it's always got to be interesting. Yeah. But, you know, so this is this is only taking place as the interim title match or was only going to take place because McGregor is taking some time off, uh, in expectation of his first child. But, you know, I want to see either of these guys fight him because someone has to whoop that guy. Like that's, (laughs) that's my ultimate goal. This is like, you know, the, the the guy who wins this fight, you want to be the absolute best he can possibly be because he's got, he's got a big task ahead of him for,
0: yeah. Well, and that was kind of the thing, like, you know, I've been a fan of of Khabib for a while, and I kind of wanted to see him win just because of his wrestling ability. And I mean, Tony's got good wrestling too, but I feel like he's more comfortable on his feet, um, yeah. much more than than Khabib is. I think he'd be more willing to stand and and bang with with Connor, where Khabib would he'd try to get inside and and take the fight against him to the mat. So you know, I kind of wanted to see that that clash of styles. And obviously, you know, Nate Nate Diaz. In that first fight, he kind of got got Connor gassed out, and he went for the takedown, and it ended pretty poorly. And then in that second fight, he kind of had it going too, and he he just couldn't get McGregor down on the mat, you know, like he he did in that first one to really really get him locked up. So I was I was hopeful that Khabib would be able to beat Tony and and then move on to a match against uh against Connor. But I mean, maybe now let's see. Why don't we have like a like a tag team, right? So then Tony and mayweather and they'll go against connor and then you need like another boxer and so it's like when when they're in the ring then they then they can fight you know when it's the two ufc guys in the ring they can fight ufc rules and then when it's the boxer and the ufc guy i don't know the one round they'll fight ufc could you imagine mayweather trying to fight ufc style oh god
1: so he would well he'd be lost he's got chicken (laughs) legs and
0: oh that would be ridiculous I just want to see, I want to see
1: Nurmagomedov get McGregor on the ground like instantly, and just choke <laughs> him out and walk away. Like, okay, it's over, it's done. <laughs> there goes the hype. Like, let's end this crap, you know. And I was reading ESPN, you know, for Ferguson, Nurmagomedov. They were predicting Ferguson via rear naked choke in the fifth round. Really? Yeah, I just can't see him getting choked on the. You know, he's he's so good on the ground.
0: Yeah, my yeah, my thought was he's that twenty
1: four and zero. Like he doesn't. Right. He hasn't lost yet, you know.
0: my My feeling was that if it, if it went five rounds, it would probably be a decision for Tony, just because I don't. I mean, Khabib hasn't doesn't have that that experience going that deep. Yeah. Well, um, this will be his
1: first five round fight, apparently. Right.
0: So, so yeah.
1: Ferguson's a cardio freak, and yeah. you know he he can go he can go that distance.
0: Yeah, my pick was that it would be, um, Khabib by submission in the fourth round. It's kinda that's kinda how I thought it would go. But yeah, now it's nobody by nothing in no rounds. So great. <laughs> Wonderful. Saturday. my Saturday night UFC fight I was looking forward to so much. Just like ah. So now what happens? Does does Ferguson just hold out until Connor's back and ready to go? And well, see what happens know. with that Mayweather nonsense?
1: Well so yeah. So the reason why this did we discuss why it came why it's not happening, it's Nurmagomedov ran into some weight cut issues or, you know, I'm not sure how that happened, but he ended up being taken to a hospital and the, and the doctors there said, you can't fight.
0: Right.
1: So that's why I was called off. Yeah. So what happens now? Ferguson had already weighed in. Even he weighed in at 154 and a half.
0: Right. So a
1: half under where, he, you know, the 155. So now what does he do? He puts in all that time and effort and gets nothing out of it. Or is someone going to step up and fight him? You know, I don't think that's going to happen probably on such short notice now.
0: I don't know. You said hey, GSP. He's always in shape.
1: Well, he said, hey, <laughs> G- GSP, who is, now, who is now back, if you guys didn't know. What? Uh, he signed a-
0: Why didn't you tell me?
1: <laughs> I thought you'd be wearing your Canadian tie. What's the deal?
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Let me down. <laughs> but he he's the one who came out and said, and maybe it's just for financial, you know, maybe it's fueled by finances, but. He said he'd cut down at one fifty five to fight Connor. And boy, would I love to see him (laughs) walk into the octagon at one ninety after rehydrating. Oh, you just sit on him. He clearly wouldn't come in at one ninety after weighing it at one fifty (laughs) five, but that'd be crazy if he put thirty pounds on overnight. But
0: that would be crazy. Yeah. But uh
1: He's no joke, you know. If he could cut down to that weight, he'd, he, you know, I don't know. But that's that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, but yeah actually who, moving who, up to fight Bisping, I mean, that's like yeah, out of control. Yes. But I think you know, with the new, the new IV rules that they have, um, a lot of the USADA testing, you know, these guys, and and you see it with Khabib, you know, it's the the weight cut got him to some degree. You know, I mean, that sounds no. what like what what happened to him. So,
1: See, I thought he was a smaller guy in terms of his overall frame and size. Like he didn't need to cut that much weight, but must have to.
0: That's what I thought too. And then I saw, um, I saw a story. Somebody was talking about that, and they said that he missed weight for one of his other fights not all that long ago.
1: So, so I wonder what he, I wonder what he walks
0: around at then. I don't. If he, his, he doesn't look like he has that big of a frame. Like you know, yeah, you just look point. at some guys and you're like, whoa, that guy. You know, to cut all that weight that must be pretty pretty difficult. I mean, you look at a guy like GSP, he looks like he just, he has a lot of upper body mass. Um, yeah. You know, but to me, I never thought that, that Khabib really looked all that big. But yeah, it was uh, against Abel Trio, Trio back in 2013, I guess. Or at least that's what the, the guy said in the, the thing I read. I have okay. to double check on that to see. But yeah, that sucks, man. It's like day before... Here you go. Oh, psych. No, no fight for you.
1: Yep. So we'll have to, we'll have to watch. Let's see. Here's the thing. I'm not even sure if I'm able to get to watch the fight.
0: Yeah. You got, you got something going on now. You got to tell these people, we got (laughs) to give some PSA announcements.
1: (laughs) So the middle of January of this year, I started, uh, driving for Uber. And, um, it's one of those things where I wanted to get out of the house, socialize with some people, um,
0: clean
1: your and, car uh, a lot yeah well yeah basically my car has to always be clean so uh anyway so i started doing that you know the money's the money's a secondary benefit of it i guess it was just because i'm a stay-at-home dad full-time during the days i don't get a lot of adult interaction so getting out you know late in the night i'd just watch tv or do something not very productive you know what you know that's what are you gonna do late at night right so after the wife and kids go to bed i i now leave and go out and drive for uber and it's working really well. Um, it's fun. You know, I have fun with it. I enjoy doing it. It's not stressful at all. I can set my own hours. It's very flexible. Nothing, nothing as, as flexible as driving for Uber. Um, but man, it has been quite the ride, you know, (laughs) unintended. Um, you see all kinds of crazy people. You see really nice people. I've met lots of cool people, a lot of business guys, a lot of businessmen and women. Um, but i've had unfortunately i've had some some uh less than stellar rides as well and it's just it's one of those things you can't avoid but you don't understand why you can't avoid it because <laughs> it just i can't wrap my head around the way people are and how some people act
0: right yeah but, yeah know, you- i don't know man i uh i applaud you for uh for putting yourself out there because uh <laughs> yeah i can only imagine some of the nonsense that you have to endure uh, with your very own car, it's not like it's Less a clean. taxi cab or something.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. You know, that's I take pride in my cars. We know, you know, we're we're car guys. My car is always clean. It's right. always in in great shape. At you know, I don't let it does. It doesn't look like I live out of my car. <laughs> and and to be honest, there are many Uber drivers who have cars that look like they right. that they they their alarm is the horn on their car. You know, <laughs> they turn it off in the morning and they start the car and drive away. It's how they, the car's filthy. And somehow that still passes. But literally every day, every time I drive, someone who gets in my car says, man, this car is really nice. And in the beginning when I first started, I was like loving it. I'm like, wow, these guys are complimentary. That's awesome. I'm like, I'm glad you think so. Right. But after after maybe a week and a half of hearing that every single night, I'm trying to think, am I using the wrong car for this? Is my car (laughs) really too nice? So I have a 2010 Acura TL. It's, it's all, it's a all wheel drive. It has a six speed manual transmission, which there aren't many of them around. Right. And to be honest, quite a few people actually notice that they're like, well, I didn't know these came with six speeds. And
0: what's that down there? What's wrong with your shifter?
1: Why are you moving your hand every, every few seconds when we're accelerating? You got three pedals
0: down there. What's going on?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's my, uh, that's my anti-theft device, that third pedal. (laughs) (laughs) But so yeah, I keep hearing people say, your car is, your car is too nice to use for this. And. I have begun to think that they're absolutely one hundred percent correct <laughs> because I unfortunately am sad to say that I have had multiple strangers vomit in my car. Oh, and it's no—it's no good. No it's good at all. It's—it's it's, it's bad. It's terrible. That so the first terrible. guy, I—I—I'll tell these stories quick. The first guy in his twenties, I pick up he and his buddy. One guy is really drunk. sits in the passenger side of rear his buddy sits in the front seat next to me and we're driving down interstate 94 that connects Minneapolis and St. Paul. We're heading towards Minneapolis without any warming, without any warning, verbal or otherwise, <laughs> all of a sudden the window rolls down and I turn around, and I look and dude has his head like halfway out the window. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden I see he's vomiting. He's vomiting out of my car at highway speed going down the freeway oh. and the his buddy was mortified. Oh. Like, so the guy who requested the ride was the guy doing the vomiting. But his buddy was like, dude, you can't throw open this guy's car. This is too nice. Oh. And I like freaked. I pulled over immediately. I was like, get out of my car right now. Finish whatever you gotta finish and let's go. So I had taken a quick assessment of it. He thank God he got ninety eight percent of the vomit outside. Oh. But it was all over the side of my car. It was like I had stripes on the side of my car of vomit. And basically what was in my car was just some like overspray and some, you know, the wind coming in the car. Yep. But it it didn't smell. Thank God it didn't smell. Oh, that's
0: good. Okay. Yep, yep. So
1: dropped the guy off. Uh, I end up, Uber ends up reimbursing me $150, which is the max for a cleanup fee because I took really convincing photos. (laughs) Okay. Fast forward to last week. I pick up four guys at a bar in Uptown, which is a trendy part of uh, Minneapolis area. And the guy who requests the rides in the front seat, two guys in the back are drunk. One guy in the back is not drunk. We're driving down. I they'd only been in my car about three minutes, and all of a sudden I hear what sounds like a bottle of water being poured out. Oh. And I look. I look over at the passenger, and he looks at me. He's like, "What was that?" I turn around to see that his drunk buddy in the passenger rear seat had looked down at his lap and filled his lap with vomit.
0: Oh, no.
1: And, I, again, I got super pissed. (laughs) And it's like no warning of any kind, didn't bother to say anything. It's like, dude, this is unacceptable. Like you are a grown-ass man. When you feel like you need to vomit, you've got to say or do something. Tap me on the shoulder. Open your car door. Do something. I will pull over immediately. So, anyways, I have perforated leather seats, which are cool and all, except when (laughs) someone throws up on them so vomit seeps down into the seat cushion uber wasn't convinced of my photos because of course rather oh, than let the vomit sit there and soak in we wiped it off well then i had no vomit no photos to prove it happened right so yeah it's very frustrating it makes me want to have just you know like i say to these guys like you don't throw up my car this is not some shit taxi like right. this is a car my kids ride in every day <laughs> You can't have vomit, so that one that got on my carpet, it got on my seat, Ooh. and it stunk. And so I had to have it professionally detailed at a cost of one hundred and seventy dollars, oh. and Uber only gave me eighty. So that screwed me; I lost ninety bucks on that deal.
0: Damn, that sucks.
1: So it's kind of it's shitty that that happens that way.
0: Did you tell the detailer what happened so he didn't think you threw up in the backseat? Well,
1: <laughs> I did, and that's the problem. Well, he got in. He's like, "Dude, I thought someone vomited in here." I'm like, "Well, they did." He's like, "Why don't I see it or smell it?" <laughs> Well, because I spent like two hours scrubbing <laughs> it and disinfecting it, but when he got when he told me afterwards, though, when he started vacuuming the carpets, is when he could smell it because he started oh. pulling out of the carpets. Ugh! But I was not going to let it sit there and and risk oh the hell first no. warm, the first warm day of summer walking out to my car and smelling like Mm-mm. there's you know a dead guy full of aspirate on vomit in my no back way. seat. You know?
0: So here's so. the thing. My question. So I know on Uber there's no there's no way to leave a tip, right? No, so, not in the app. Did, right? Did any of these guys say, "Man, I'm sorry. Here's like an extra 20 bucks"?
1: No, that's the dick oh, thing these about it. it. this. So one of the I guys. I so was so
0: bad. I'd be like, drive me to the nearest ATM, dude. I gotta give you like 40 bucks or something. Well, the second,
1: the second time that happened, the guy in the front who requested the ride, we, we had to drop two guys off. The two drunk guys got out of a bar and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna go get women." And the one guy's like, "Yeah, good luck with the vomit all over your pants, right?" <laughs> So one of them gives the ride requester uh twenty dollars to help pay for the ride, which was way more than the ride cost. Right. And so I'm right away, I'm thinking, sweet, that dude is gonna be nice. He's gonna give me that twenty because he feels bad. So I get to their destination, dude gets out of the car, he's like, Hey man, I'm really sorry my buddy threw up in your car. Have a good night. And oh. he closed the door. I was like, You mother, Are you kidding me right now? Like you got twenty dollars cash you could just hand me as like a hey, I'm sorry this Hell happened. Yeah. This is really... No, he didn't give two shits. Oh. Just gets out of my car, closes the door. I was like, all right, one star for you, dick. That's what you get.
0: Damn, that's shitty, dude. Oh, man. I swear, that's so. the difference between car guys and non-car guys, though, man. Some people, their car like, doesn't mean anything. You're right. They just treat it it's like a, to a tool and it's yep. whatever. But, man, if I was in there with somebody and they threw up, oh, I'd feel so shitty, dude. Oh, The
1: worst part of all is that I have barf bags in my car that I will gladly give to whoever feels sick.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But you got to say something. Right. Like, if you don't say something, I don't know you're sick.
0: If you see something, say something. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) So now I've become proactive. If I pick somebody up and I can tell that they're really drunk – I don't care if it offends him or not. I'll say, hey, are you sick? Do you Wear this pillowcase you on your head. Exactly, right? <laughs> Actually, I should just give him garbage bags. Here, <laughs> just put
0: over your head and, and
1: tie it <laughs> off under your chin. Just do me a favor.
0: <laughs> but, oh, that's awesome. But <laughs> well, anyways. I'm sorry so to hear our, that that happened to you, man. That sucks for yeah. sure. Well, that's and, our uh,
1: PSA for the week. Do not exactly. vomit in Uber's car because it's going to be an expensive mistake.
0: Yes, please. All of our <laughs> listeners, you've hear, you've heard it here. Please. This weekend, when you're out, you're going to watch the UFC fights at the bar, you get in the Uber app to get your driver, please be considerate. If you're going to puke, make it well known, get out of the car, do your business, get back. If some bad accident happens inside the car, God forbid, give the dude some money. Come on. Yes. Girl, whatever, whoever's driving you, give him some money to help him out. Jeez.
1: Yes, absolutely. You I don't want to lose the money on your
0: stupid mistake. Gah. I know, Man. Uh, well, I think we've covered enough, man. We got NFL, UFC, puking in cars—the whole runs the whole <laughs> gamut. People will be so excited that we're back.
1: It's true, absolutely. <laughs> we'll follow it up again next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, for listening, everybody, and uh, hopefully see you next week.
1: All right, guys, take care.